Hey, I'm Nick Mondrinok. Uh, when I was younger, I wanted to be a writer, and now I am a writer. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Anthony Gio. When I was younger, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to be, I don't think. Uh, uh, and now I'm a writer. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guests today are Nick Mondernock and Anthony Gio. Anthony and Nick met at the Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles, where they wrote and performed in a series of one-act plays before writing for TV full-time. Their credits include People of Earth, Young Sheldon, I Feel Bad, Upload, and they currently write on Duncanville. They live near each other, but aren't roommates or anything, like a block away. Without further ado, welcome, Nick and Anthony. Hello, hey Ben. Hey, all right. Nice to see you guys. Thank you for joining. Yes, yes, totally. Thank you for having us. Of course. So we always like to start with something that's recently sparked our curiosity. And, and before we started recording, I, I shared with you guys that I just rewatched The Big Short last oh, night. Oh, great. And it just made me, yeah, it made me very curious in general about macroeconomics, which is a heady topic. But what I loved about the movie was it made it very accessible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of resources out there that, that I probably have overlooked. Um, like even, even a book like The Intelligent Investor is something I should probably pick up and mm -hmm. flip through mm -hmm. just to understand how these things work. Um, just because now I feel like we're in equally crazy times and it, it's, it's just something I've been curious about. Like I was the kid in fourth grade who was reading Jim Cramer books during lunch uh -huh. and watching <laughs> CNBC. Um, and I've since become much more disillusioned from Jim Cramer and CNBC, but right. I think it's important <laughs> yeah. to just, uh, become a little, a little more educated about you know, the, the scenario we're in and, and the macroeconomics of our time. So it's something I've been curious about and I'm excited to like dive into a little bit more now that I have this, uh, this push from rewatching the big short. Uh, that's great. I, I think yeah, that's awesome. These are forces that control our lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <nice> to... <laughs> yeah. It, it's amazing how like such specific topics have, um, such like pop, uh entrances now you know like you know even philosophy i feel like can get very heady with you know even logic and all you know all that and i've found that like it's kind of comforting that i can just google and get like a little fun dose of something you know conceivably pretty complicated uh uh that's great so so do you do you think you will pick up the intelligent investor I think so. My girlfriend and I rewatched last night and we both are like, we should probably read that book. Sure. That seems like that yeah. seems like a good starting point. So I think I think that's I read it. I read it a while back, but I like very much did not understand it in fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. now's a good time to revisit. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So what's something that I will start with you, Nick? What's something that's recently sparked your curiosity? Yeah, so I, uh, right now I'm reading. Uh, I love uh, uh, studying uh, 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 American poetics is one thing that I like to do in my spare time. So I'm reading a, a, a great uh, essay now uh, in a, in a uh, journal called Literary Imagination called Digression Personified, Whitman, the New York School and the Drift of Poetry uh, by Srikanth Reddy. 
And uh, basically, uh, one of the things that I'm kind of interested in is is distraction in poetry. Like when you when you look at like a lot of um, uh, romantic poetry or 19th century poetry, there's one point and it's all kind of building very linearly to that uh, um, uh, uh, to that point, to that feeling. And then we start to have like uh, uh, more poetry, like uh, 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 discordant poetry, poetry that kind of like is bopping all over the place. Um, so kind of how are, what are some ways that we can kind of uh, understand those, uh, uh, those, those poetics and, and what, do they, what do they mean? And I've, I've actually been talking about poetry recently with a couple of guests, uh, one who was a poet and one who's a writer oh, nice. who just admires mm -hmm. poetry. And I'm curious, do you find yourself reading these poems aloud or is it mostly just something you read to yourself? You know, sometimes I'll read them aloud. If I'm kind of interested in how something sounds, and, and I think particularly to connect this to, you know, uh, comedy writing and screenwriting, if I'm like, I'm like, oh, this sounded like just kind of funny and natural to me or something like that, I might just say it out loud to kind of understand, like, I do think a lot of like what makes something funny to me often is on the level of sound like just like you know I mean look, kids know this when we're when we're playing around with nieces and nephews and 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 they're just kind of laughing at certain like phrase like nonsense phrases it's like they're I, I I might just say that out loud if I if there's something in a poem that strikes that in me uh then I might might say that yeah. I just kind of understand that what is it about the syllables what is it about like these the, these these sounds that 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 are that are just like making me that are piquing my interest uh, in, in that moment so yeah sometimes definitely Awesome, awesome. And Anthony, what's been sparking your curiosity recently? I uh, I recently came across, or I should say, like back across this thing called the Voynich Manuscript. Have you guys heard of this? No, no. Like a Jay Leno <laughs> setting up a Voynich <laughs> <laughs> Manuscript. The audience is like, here we go. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a little hard to describe. I guess it's what's so interesting about it. It's just this um, manuscript or like kind of like, I guess they consider it sort of like a codex. No one really has deciphered it, uh, uh, but it was written on animal skin in like the early 15th century. They think like during like the Italian Renaissance, it's written uh, right to left textually, but there are also a lot of t diagrams, uh, plants some that exist some that don't it's very out there in a weird way that um uh, uh a lot of cryptologists like have been racking their brains about it for years and years and it's called voynich i think because like the guy like in the early 20th century there was a guy who like a, an antiquer or like a book dealer that uh like stamped his name on it for some reason maybe brought it into like the mm. public eye but it's it's a it's a fun rabbit hole someone had brought it up to me years ago and then i don't know what sparked my interest again i think so i was watching like a history channel thing and i was like oh yeah 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 uh, but i i highly recommend looking it up because it's very weird and like it got me thinking like i wonder if whoever wrote it or maybe there are multiple people that wrote it I wonder if their intention wasn't even for it to be as academic as it's become. I kind of like that uh -huh, shit, uh -huh. where like something gets blown out of proportion. Uh, I feel like a lot of uh, um, these sort of mysteries become that, uh, uh, where it's like, oh, there's maybe a little more of an Occam's razor involved, but <laughs> the more people that are contributing to what it is, it kind of mm -hmm. creates this myth behind it. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been reading and digging in there's a lot online about it and you can look at it i think someone scanned a high detail version of it too um, and how old is this 
this artifact. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it, it's so it would be. I think like they've carbon dated it because of it's on like uh, like a vellum, like an animal skin. Yeah. Uh, to like the early 1400s, like early 15th century. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh it's 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 wild. There's something kind of haunting about it too. When you when you look at it, it's there. There may be like a a fun horror movie there. Oh, cool. Uh, um, it does it does feel haunted. Or like if you mm. read the wrong line, yeah, turn to ash or some shit. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. Don't flip Interesting. it upside down. I have to check it out. Do not flip that book yeah, do upside down. Do not fucking do it. But if you hold it to a mirror. That's good. That's good for you. That's good. <laughs> so jumping forward from the 14th or 15th century to you two in the present, yes. mm-hmm. um, I'm curious how did it how did it first occur to you both that you would make a good writing duo? Because that's a big step to take. Oh, that's a good question. It is, so, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of uh, um, that I think came from maybe just like I I I, I, I was running a indie improv show what this would have been like 2008 2009 or something like that um uh, uh, called room 101 and uh one of uh geo's teams performed there called mongrel i just thought he was so funny i mean the whole team was uh, uh was was great but i so i i kind of seen uh, uh uh him perform two or three times and like i don't know there was like just like a, a there was like one time i think there was just like a scene going on and he just he was just a, a, playing a son who was who was at the same time trapped in a cellar or something like that, just like just quietly squirming off to the side, and and there was just something like where I think just like I was just curious about uh, 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 about Gio having watched him perform. Yeah, I think it's Nick has a way better memory for improv scenes like <laughs> I really I, I I have like a a very bad retention on it, but. I do remember being struck by how funny Nick uh, was and is, and I, yeah, I, I think like any relationship is, you know, you kind of just start to, uh, I think we were just sort of like saw each other perform and then like uh, uh, it kind of built where uh, we eventually then started performing together um, on a team where we would do um mono scenes which are essentially like one long improv scene so it'd be like a 20 minute improv scene Mm -hmm. uh which i i think that like that was an early indicator of what our interest in improv actually was Mm -hmm. which is to do something a little bit more with an arc something with a little bit more payoff uh uh, because improv in general is so fleeting you know you do you can do the best improv show of all time and maybe a hundred people see it and then maybe like three people tell their coworkers the next day <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, so uh yeah we, i think we were just sort of uh uh we not only had a, like a uh maybe a creative kinship but a um I think a upfrontness of like what we wanted out of yeah it. we didn't want to be doing improv 10 years from that point right that, I, I don't think or yeah. at least like solely that yeah we were definitely right. having a lot of creative discussion being like hey like you know, I, I think part of it too is I think maybe because people are watching you just perform, that, that can, I think, sometimes help from an acting perspective. But we also were like, hey, I think we, we'd like to develop as writers and we also want to be seen more as writers, which, you know, um, you know based, at that time particularly, like if you, were, if you were performing a lot at UCB, like, you know, like 
you know, you might get a, a sweet little $200 funnier die co-star <laughs> video or yeah. something like that. You know, that's, that's how people kind of saw that next step. So it's like, okay, cool. We like, you know, how do we start to, to, to work more uh, in, in a writing capacity? So yeah, so we uh, were, uh, so we started, uh, kind of started, started, started performing together, started writing together. We were writing um, uh, um, uh, specs and, and pilots kind of like we would just meet like every day at, at geos and we kind of had hours for ourselves like kind of like you know it'd be like something like i don't know probably like like i don't know 10 to 4 or something like that we would just write we would kind of like write during the day and um and then from that when uh ucb sunset opened we were like oh geo had mentioned like we'd kind of developed like we're like oh we, we don't do sketch um you know we don't like we don't we're not really interested in being like sketch writers we want to do narrative work and also i think a lot of people who are performing uh, uh, want to do narrative work, uh, whether it's developing writing uh, um, and or acting, and there wasn't like a lot of narrative shows there, right? It was a lot of like you know, it's it's like those three minute sketches, three minute improv scenes, montage. You know, that was kind of the norm. So um, we pitched the idea of a legitimate goddamn theater, which was ten minute plays, right? So we had like just again, we wanted narrative, we wanted there to be you know, uh, um, uh, uh, these would were by and large comedies, but also you know, uh, but also that we wanted there to be some. A, a, a character payoff or something, you know, something like a dramatic payoff to uh, to what we were doing. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so we started that. And, and so Gio and I would perform, we would write and perform a one-act play every month for, uh, what, like two plus years we would, we would put on that yeah, show. Yeah, almost three years. Yeah, almost three years, yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate to see you guys a few times do the JV show, which I thought was a really cool experience because oh, it, it there was that narrative component of somebody is going up there sharing a story about their life. Right. And then the scenes you guys built from there were just so much fun. Can you talk a little bit about, just briefly about that show and how you both think you got good at that form? Awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the JV show is a show that Nick and I perform in or performed in um, on Friday nights at UCB and JV uh, it's just the name of the group. And we would invite a storyteller to come uh, to tell a story based on a photo. So like there's kind of a hook built into it just so like people navigating the website would be like, oh, okay, like I get it. It's like a throwback photo. Someone tells a story from their past and then there's improv done off of that scenes and whatnot. Um, and uh, I, I think for me, like, you know, our training at UCB kind of like built us for this particular show and that UCB is all almost entirely premise-based improv. And that, so if it's not a storyteller, it's some sort of mechanism that is generating an unusual idea or maybe a full on premise uh, that's always at the top of the show. Uh, so like, for example, there's another show called Facebook where they'll like look at somebody's Facebook, they'll find some interesting ideas, those become the premises for the scenes, shitty jobs, same idea, you know, talk about somebody's shitty job, etc. Even Herald Night, which is like kind of the mainstay of long form improv, you're going to generate some sort of premises in the opening of the show, and then you pull from the that that opening to do scenes. So I think that like we had already really built that muscle because JV was a Herald team for several years before we started doing the Friday night show. I think that for that for particular show JV, for me personally, 
it became kind of second nature. Like it was just kind of built in. Like oh, I uh, um, I like that. I want to see more of that. It kind of just right. becomes this sort of uh, okay. That that's interesting. I. I'm I, I'm not. <laughs> this is when I confess. I'm not great for this podcast. Uh, no, I, I I just I am not great at articulating what I find funny. Funny. I feel like the closer I get to it, there's almost like a quantum mechanics to it that it makes less and less sense. Uh, um, I just like I just like you know like okay, this particular thing really just lights up something in my stomach that like I just want to see more of Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's true for the you know obviously there's structural stuff and 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 Nick and I's writing and tv and whatnot but I think that's true for even being in the tv room just to kind of connect the two ideas it's just like I just think this particular thing's funny you know if I were to put my finger on it it's that I lean towards like a naturalism or like an absurdity in like pettiness or just something like that. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I'm like particularly that fond of silly premises as I am more of like what, like maybe more observed ones. Mm-hmm. That's, that's maybe my, my best. Yeah. My that's best. Take on yeah. That. Nick, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned, I think is so is like, I think one thing that developed over time, obviously there's like a lot of like, uh, um, skills like 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 okay, there, there's an unusual thing in the in the in the opening. How do I concisely communicate to my scene partner that that is what I'm interested in, right? So that there's mm-hmm. so there's there's the craft there. But I think one thing that Gio mentioned, which I think is so true, just in, in writers' rooms overall, is also just like a a kind of a bodily uh, 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 intelligence, which is just like oh shit, my my uh, you know my shoulders leaned forward when that person said that, you know, like like I think there, there's so much of it is in that, and I feel. Oftentimes, um, I think I think the two, which is like the craft and, and and your kind of like just like body reactions, can work like ideally work together. But I think body trumps and like anything. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in a room and just like I, you know, like you have a funny idea and you're just like sometimes my, my throat just clenches. Like I'm like like I'm like 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 I, I'm about to inappropriately laugh or something. That's the thing I'm going to pitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and same thing in, in a show mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I, I don't really worry about what is like the tech. I, I don't think, what is the technically correct joke? What is the technically right thing? Right. I think a lot of times I'm just like, oh, it fucking cracked me up. Like seemingly I'm cracking up at this, this idea. So listening to my, uh, uh, li- I think how to kind of listen to that is, is part of it for sure. Yeah. yeah and I've been yeah. fortunate to see you guys in action in a writer's room, which has been super fun. And I think as an observer, it seems like coming from a performance background, especially in comedy, has a lot of benefits in a writer's Sure, room. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you feel like your background in improv has helped you when you've been in writer's Yes, rooms? I'll say, mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's it's huge. It's kind of like, I, I think there's a there's a lot of great criticism about the improv institutions and, and a lot of great conversations that uh, 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 need to be had. But it's interesting to me when people are just like, oh, improv is such a waste of time. I'm like, I use it every, like, <laughs> that's all I'm doing all day. Um, I think at my best as a writer, I am just listening to what my coworkers think is interesting to them and, and building off of that. And that's like that, that muscle, which mm-hmm. is just an improv muscle. Oh, fuck. Oh, Ava likes something in this area. Like, like she's a brilliant uh, 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 right, like there's something, there's something there, and then building off of that, like our, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the Scullies are there's there's something that they, they like about that. Like let's let's try to crystallize that. Let's let's like build off that. 
Um, that's me at my at, at my best, and that's a, that's an improv muscle. I'm just trying to understand what do you like about this, what 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 do I like about this, and how do we communicate that clearly? So yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, so that's a that's a big tool. Yeah, I totally agree. Like Nick and I often say, like just like it's so important re react to the last thing said. Like you know, you could it's very like, and I think that's you can really draw a line to improv with that, like where. We, we, we taught and coached improv for many years as well. And I would say that to students a lot of just like, you know, you're going to come up with an, your brain's working overtime up there. You know, you're mm -hmm. going to come up with a, another idea. Uh, uh, and often that won't work because people are going to see that it's disconnected from the last thing said. So people mm -hmm. kind of right. see if you're putting, you know, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself as opposed to if it's just a natural reaction that maybe includes some of the essence of your idea, but you're still uh, uh, building off what that person said, it's just gonna feel so much better. And I, I think that that's true in the writer's room as well. It's also just like being a good teammate, right? Like a good coworker where it just, it feels nice when someone's like hearing you. It's, you know, it can be, especially early on in rooms, uh, um, it can be kind of daunting to like talk or pitch or, you know, things can sometimes in certain rooms be more hierarchical than other rooms. And we really subscribe to like best idea wins. It doesn't matter what your, you know, what your rank is and or whatever that means. Um, just like, can I just like, okay, yeah, that person just said that. Can we at least like try to take something out of it or build on top of it uh, as opposed to being like, sit in silence for five seconds and then just yeah. say your, Which that happens. your idea that's totally it can, yeah can it we, definitely does but that, i think that's a great like and i think again me at my best in a writer's room is like it's like let's make this the best before we before anyone knocks this down let's make this the best version of itself what's the best version of the idea that yeah. that this coworker pitched or like you know and, and i that's i appreciate that when i have coworkers who are kind of looking for the the good in what i so I think, and, and that again is, is an improv muscle. I think at my worst, I think, and, and the days were, were like something that I will kind of note myself on at the end of a day is just like, okay, someone pitches and my mindset is, okay, I'm going to see it. I'm like, they're at bat. They're going to uh, like, like uh, uh, hit or miss. And then, but I've got my idea in my pocket and I'm ready to go. Like, right. I think sometimes, you know, I, I always have stuff kind of prepared, but I, I was like, oh, I really no. I was like, I was like, I would, I would so much rather like, like, try to get on board with it and like, like, and, and and build off it. That that to me is me as, as, at my best as a writer. So I'm like, I, I was like, I, I saw like, like as a group, we collectively made something like better than it started. We 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 collectively like just like like saw the good. All my coworkers are 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 brilliant. I have a lot of respect for all of my coworkers. If they're in, if something sparks in them, I, I want to know what's up with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Worth, it's worth hearing. Yeah. What you guys are saying right now reminds me of, I, I took 101 and 201 at UCB, mm -hmm. those improv courses. And there's a very funny phenomenon that I think happens more frequently probably with people who are starting out like myself, where you know, your teacher gives you the premise or the word to run with, and then you need a couple people to step out. And the first one who steps out in my classes was the one who would initiate the scene. Yeah. And a lot of times what you'll see with people who are new is like two people step out at the same time. And then one of them immediately goes back. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm, I can't initiate the scene. Therefore let me sure. wait for my, sure, sure, sure. right. Right. <laughs> so right. I, in, in an optimal situation, you just go with the flow. So if you happen to get there a nanosecond after your coworker in a writer's room or your 
scene partner in improv class, you just roll with it and mm-hmm. you look yeah, forward to their totally. idea building off of looking that. for i love that way yeah. of phrasing it looking forward to their idea I, that's that's exactly it that's the i think what a great just technical just as as writers as performers as human beings i am i'm looking forward to your ideas <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. and it's not, you know it's, yeah. and it's and it's you know again i i, I have both in myself i i i gotta show the but that yeah as at, at at our best a writer's room is, is looking forward to each other's ideas i love that i i will use that Thank yeah you. that's and, great damn you put it you. so yeah. much better and quicker than you did <laughs> I have a second thought. Yeah, I have ahead. a second thought. Just, just quickly. I don't know if this sparks anything in any of us, but like, uh, um, just the other side of performing. It's like it's not only the collaborating. I do think that Nick and I are, are performative for performing pictures. Uh, uh, so there is something to having, like, I think been on stage and performed and like done a bit of acting and whatnot. I do think that that helps. Yes, There's totally. just maybe a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more of a dynamic aspect to yeah yeah, yeah not that like we're yeah. doing like cockney accents <laughs> constantly or something but you, you know there, there's just like maybe yeah. a little bit more to it yeah. or uh, I, I think that you know if nick were to picture a line of dialogue that you know i i would try to like maybe get in there and like be the other side of it and he's done the same yeah. for me yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah i think that is such a valuable presence in writers rooms i've seen where a lot of writers tend to be people who have who do not necessarily have performative experience. They tend to be people who are feeling at their best, you know, at their desk writing the script, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're writers mm-hmm. for a reason. But I think in a good writer's room, you have a combo of people where maybe that's you want diversity in a writer's room in general. But I think it's nice to have some combo of people who that's that's their optimal setting and also people who feel empowered to kind of be performative in their pitches. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in a situation where the room is full of performative people. Yeah. I, want, I wonder like that might have its pros uh-huh, and cons uh-huh. too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, like how do you how do you guys decide how performative to be? Like, is it something where if you have dialogue pitches, that's a scenario where, where it'll be super performative or have you found a value in, if you have a premise, there's also a value in figuring out a way to perform it. How do you like figure out how much to turn up the dial or turn it Oh, back? interesting. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think, uh, my thought is I, I think we, I tend to perform almost whenever possible. And here's, here's one thought and one approach is like in a writer's room, we have 10 to 12 people. We're sitting in a room from 10 to, you know, if we're back at people of earth with that 10 to 11 at night, like I think sure. the more fun we can make our experience, the better, like, you know what I mean? Like I am just trying yeah. on some, on, on the dumbest level, I am just trying to entertain my coworkers. <laughs> like, whatever, yeah. There whatever. is yeah. a little bit of like, We've been in the car on the road trip. Yeah. Like, can I just like break the, s- <laughs> the silence <laughs> and the monotony? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like the dial of it. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a great answer. Uh, uh, I, I think it's probably relative to like the vibe of what's happening. I think like, it's probably, it's more likely to come out uh, um, if my idea is a little more fully fleshed out mm-hmm. uh so yeah. i think yeah like the more fleshed out it is i might even play both sides of the conversation that sort of sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, uh so that's that's my best guess but again it, it kind of comes to I, i'm like i'm not a great evaluator of like wh- why it happens and when uh but i i think nick's nick's point is may yeah maybe the the, the right one where 
it's just like you feel the room and it's like oh the room could use a little something right now yeah and yeah you're just do you're maybe not even having that thought but you have that feeling and want to want to get some energy up and yeah, I found that to be even I, I don't consider myself a performative person, but just being around people who can, you know, when there's a lull in the conversation, who can get the room going yeah, in a productive yeah. direction again, mm -hmm. you know, even if it, even if what they're pitching is not necessarily like this will definitely go in the episode. But here's here's an area yeah, that we yeah, can yeah. Just play with. And we're in a room of smart people. One of you guys, yeah, yeah. by the law of averages, will run with this. Right, right, right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. That's a that. It might not be like the exact idea, but it could be the bridge to like the idea we love. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and that's why I think it's always worth throwing it out there and not being too precious about about stuff in particular. Then you made a really good point where uh, earlier where you were like uh, saying that like, oh, the room tends to be a mix. Not everyone maybe leans yeah. this way as a writer. Uh, some people maybe are a little bit more um, like sit down by themselves. And I think that's like such a uh, a good point, and like that should be, um, uh, uh, you know, implemented in, in rooms. You know, where I think there should be a, like a variety of the type of work that happens. I think mm -hmm. that that like just so that people's strength or strengths are really coming out. Yeah. So you know. Uh, uh, sending people out to like maybe work on a particular scene on their own or with a smaller group or mm -hmm. you know, just to mix it up. I think that that does really get, uh, you know, mine, everyone's. Yeah. Sense. I feel like Greg Daniels was, was, was really someone who like opened my eyes about that word. Be like, okay, cool. Someone write a scene and then we have group discussion and then we'll do small group. It's like, those are all different types of thinking. And I think it gives a variety to the day. And, and I think what you're mentioning too, is like, is also, it also gives like opportunity to people who might have different skill sets to, uh, to kind of like shine as opposed to just like, God, like, I don't know. So sometimes I pro probably benefit from just being so fucking loud. <laughs> like, you, know, you know, so it's like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, so, uh, 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 but that's, so I think sometimes like, yeah, like do more individual stuff is, it can be helpful for that for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's a good segue into the next question I have, which is let's say, you know, you guys get your assignment where it's like, Nick and Anthony go, go break this scene or come back with yeah. ideas or pitches for this. What is that like if some, if I were just to shadow you guys for that? Yeah. What does that process look like from the moment you're given the assignment to when you go in your office and start working? Oh, interesting. On it? Well, like, and it's just uh, just us two. Yeah, let's say just you two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's interesting. So, so like, uh, do you mean it, so like we're given like we've outlined a scene and, and then there and then we and then we go off with that scene? Is that is that like kind of? A... Yeah, maybe maybe let's use let's use like the traditional example of. You're a bigger assignment, like you're given the script. So now you're going off to do the outline. So let's talk, let's maybe, let's maybe track your process okay, when you guys are sent off to outline, get notes, and then turn in the script. What does that, what does that process look like for you guys? Totally. Well, I think what we, what you and I will probably do off of an outline is we'll, we'll break it up just in, individually. Like it might be like, okay, I'll write act one and three, you act, you, uh, you write act two. Um, uh, we might like uh, just like individually kind of like, like uh, um, uh, 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 write that. And then we'll send it to each, collect it into into one script, which will be kind of like a, a, a vomit pass. And then um, uh, we uh, we might get together and have notes, kind of like roadmap notes at the top of every scene. Where I'd say, hey, I thought this felt a little blank, or or I think we could kind of like punch this area, etc. Et um, and then we'll probably do like a couple full passes off of that. That might include the two of us in in a, a room together. Um, uh, uh, like like go, going through scene by scene. That also might be, hey, you do a pass of 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 these scenes. I'll do a pass of these scenes, and then we'll and then we'll come back. So those two. But 
you know, this is a, a Brent Forrester idea, but, uh, 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 but like, yeah, a vomit, vomit pass plus two, right? That's what he would say. Like, you would just like, just vomit out, get the pages down. And then we do, do two full passes, like within that probably week of work. Mm -hmm. And then deciding on who does what is typically just if people, someone's responding to like, Nick might be like, oh, hey, I really think I have a handle on act one. Mm -hmm. Can I do, or do like the first uh, couple yeah. scenes? We tend to just then yeah. like, if someone wants to do something, God bless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm curious in a partnership like like the one you guys have, if there is if there is an idea that one of you might be a little more attached to and the other one isn't as hot mm -hmm. on, how do you decide to proceed? How do you yeah. decide what proceeds from there? I think we're pretty good at this. I mean, you know, one of the nice things, just like even before we get to that, one of the things that Gio, why Gio and I work as a partner is like we do see things the same way. We, we have a very similar tone to what we write. I think it's very infrequent. If, if Gio has an idea that he's cackling about, I think it is very infrequent that I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know I mean? Like, I think we kind of have a similar, we have a similar sensibility, which is not, I, I've had other kind of collaborative writing experiences, which is not, and that, that's hard. So, so for the most part, we're, we're seeing these the same way. So that's, that said, that said, when we do come to those areas, I think at Gio, so I think it's a thing of just like, hey, Gio really does not like this. I just like it. We're not going to do it. Yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's something like that. And, and, and it's both ways. You know, I, I trust Gio that he's, we're both pretty like just honest and direct with each other. It's just like, it's like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. he's like, he thinks, he thinks this, this is really funny. Uh, um, I, I, I like, I, I fucking hate it. Like, you know, I'll probably get my way. <laughs> so that's sure. it. We're gauging it. On some level, we're just gauging, we're just gauging like how, uh, who feels what to, to what degree. I'll say just to maybe tie it back to the, the, the theme uh, 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 and earlier the improv stuff, I think that really does come from how disposable ideas can, can be, you know, like, I don't, I think we'd have larger discussions on obviously, like the show concept and whatnot. I don't think we're just going to like sure. haphazardly throw something like that out. We'll have bigger discussions. But when it comes to like a, a joke, like, I don't think we hover on stuff too long right. because if one or the other is like, I don't know, then we'll be like, okay, well, we'll definitely find something that we both feel yes. good about. Like, we know that's right. in us somewhere. We, we, I uh, think it's um, very true. We, we don't identify with our ideas, right? Like, I think that's yeah. definitely yeah. like, and you know, it's, it's easy. I, I'll say, you know, that helps in the, in, to kind of come back to the room idea too. It helps you in a room. Like I will, when it's like dead, like I will just pitch something. Cause I'm like, all right, if this fucking idea fail, like I am, I have such a playful relationship to failure from having done 13 years of improv. I just, I, you know, like I've just had so much, I've just, I've just had so much <laughs> that I just, it, it, it's not as powerful to me. It's, it, it, we have a, a playful idea. I think failure is just like a teacher. And so a lot of times it's like, I'll pitch something. If it fucking dies, like, like I do not beat myself up. I'll just like nudge my process a little bit. Oh, maybe I can be a little bit more succinct. Oh, maybe I could be like, have a little more energy behind my pit. You know, it's just, it's a nudge. It's not, I, I, I don't spiral or anything like that. Same thing in, in, where, in, yeah. in when the two of us are writing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think coming from UCB, which you guys said tends to focus on the premise, and I know some other improv schools, you know, might start with character or uh -huh. have a different approach than UCBs. How do you think that's influenced your writing process or your creative process coming from a school of improv that focused on premises mm -hmm. as opposed to like character? I think it helps us identify maybe a little bit like we maybe don't apply it as much to like a um, show or a, yeah show like idea 
uh, or premise like in a general way, but it does help us identify like, what is the point of this scene? So in the next yeah. two pages, right. how, how, what are we trying to do here? Like, where does this character start? Where do they end up? What do we want to accomplish? You know, and we'll, we'll do it a little bit across, obviously like in the, uh, um, in the larger sc scope of the episode, but when we're coming up with like actual like TV show ideas, I don't think it plays a huge role, but definitely plays a role in scenic writing. Totally. I think that's a, I, almost that process for it, which is like, I think it's easy it's easy and natural to get lost in the process of writing. And I think one thing that, you know, coming from like, we're constantly this thing of like, like, what are we doing in, in one line? What are we, what are we after? Yeah. Whether that's, that might be, you know, that might be as small as like, what's funny about this scene. Um, that might be as big as what are we trying to say in this show? You know, if we can kind of come back to those, that, that kind of, and, and anchor ourselves in, in, in some of those, uh, those ideas, I think that kind of keeps us from getting lost at sea. Again, that's something that even in story breaking, which, you know, uh, um, uh, kind of more like game premise based improv is not often is not narrative, but even in narrative work, I'm like, if, if it feels like we're getting lost in the weeds in a story, oftentimes I'm coming back to what did we like about this? What's like, what was the, what, yeah. you know, that, that comes back to also when you're sort of mentioning like, um, uh, our, the JV show or something like that, I'm like, I'm like, what did we like? Like, like, like what made us light up? And I think coming back to that in a story area of like, oh shit, you know, Julie, you, when, uh, like, I really responded when you were talking about parents letting go and how, like, you know, like how un the uncertainty behind that, but that, you know, for instance, even that might be a way to kind of like make some choices for us and 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 uh, and, and kind of rein rein it back into, uh, you know, uh, what yeah. we're after. Yeah, it helps put up some guardrails. Yeah, yeah, which I think is like huge in in the room on stage doing improv. It's just like it's like you know, it's the whole the whole idea of like there should you know, at UC, there's just like, okay, like, you create a status quo, you kind of build out the who, what, and where, and then, like, one unusual thing pops up, and you kind of blow out that unusual thing, creating a, a, a larger premise. I think the same thing goes for a room where you, you'll be sitting there, and, like, your mind will wander. So then you have, like, 12, 13 minds wandering, like, trying mm -hmm. to latch on to something in particular, and if something can be said to put up some guardrails of, like, this is here's the box we're in as opposed to like here is the fucking continent we're on yeah <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah i think that 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 really really helps yeah it's interesting you the like the kind of post-mortem that happens after an improv show and how that seems to you know have a good influence on your process for anybody who has not had the experience of doing an improv show and doing the critique <laughs> after can you talk briefly about your experience and what are the things that you both evaluate and look for at when you're doing that evaluation after oh, the yeah. show? And how maybe how maybe some of that, like you're saying, has has affected your process on the TV writing side. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I so from a maybe I'll answer that from a coaching and teaching perspective. I think one of the things that I was kind of aiming for and do, as as a coach and teacher is like sometimes I'd have like pages of notes like uh, uh, of, of like of like blah of you know like. And then this moment, and then this moment, this moment, like, again, I, I, I've kind of like, I think by the end and in my better teaching, it was just like, what is the smallest thing I could say that, that would illuminate a process? So that was one thing, right? What's it like, just the, in, in one line, like, can I take these three sheets and just break it down into one line uh, um, uh, uh, for what happened? And the second thing is I started to realize, um, and I, I'm trying to bring this into my writing as well as just like, I, I was often going into shows and watching them being like, what's wrong? 
and I think something that mm. I, I was really trying to do by the end is, is like, is be like, hey, like, what's working? Like, sometimes like trying to bring more of that, like, oh, notice that this works. This is kind of what we were talking about in rehearsal, right? Like, like, you know, there's a really nice human moment um, uh, that kind of like, like uh, create a nice discovery. That might be the note for a scene and that's totally cool. So I, I think that's one, one th those are two things that I, I, I think about. Be, be succinct and, and also, can we find the positive? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So those are yeah. That, that's that's. I I feel like I really relate to what Nick just said. Um. Nick also said something earlier that maybe is a, a little closer to me, which is, uh, I'm pretty hard on myself. <laughs> like I can get. Uh, I'm 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 a like, yeah. I'm just like a bit of a perfectionist, and uh, when it comes to a lot of things. So it's like very easy for me to, um, I reach like a diminishing return on the evaluation where I'm just like, I'm maybe just beating it, uh, hitting uh, the old dead horse there. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's maybe something Nick said earlier, which was like, oh, how can I be like a little kinder to myself, but also just like, oh, what it, can I nudge myself in, a, in, a, in another direction as opposed to being like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done right, that. Right. It's like a little bit more of like, oh, what did I learn here? Nick's really good about that, by the way. Like, you know, he's not just saying that shit. Guys. Uh, um, he, he's really good about like, he looks at it as like a, an education of like, okay, I learned this. Uh, um, so I've been trying to for a while now, like adopt some of those behaviors of just like, okay, great. Like X, Y, or Z happened. I would have preferred it, it was not exactly right, that, right. you know, what would I change in the next time as opposed to like, oh man, X, Y, or yeah, Z happened. Yeah. Well, why did X and then Y came around? Right, right. What the <laughs> fuck was Z doing? You know, <laughs> it's, it's easy yeah. to get, and there's, I think there is merit yes. to looking at it to, for a certain amount of time. Right, but eventually true. you got to like transition into, okay, but for next time, Totally. What? Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's just maybe me a little more personal. I just, yeah, I, I think you're, you're right. Yeah, that like that's that. your. That it's like it's a strength as well as a a hell. <laughs> and like I, and I, yeah. and I, I get there too. But yeah, it's you know coming back to that idea, which is just you know, from doing improv and it's it, like I've I've gotten feedback on a thousand shows. I mean, like I've I've heard like you know, and and I think part of it has been a process of just being like I think very infrequently do I need to do a 180. A lot of times it's like four degrees. You know what I mean? It's like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I think, yeah. I think, I think that can kind of be helpful and, and, and often. Upfront, sometimes you might have to do some 180s or something like that. You might be like really fucking wrong, but, uh, but, but for the most part, I think like often it's just like, oh yeah, we just need to just adjust course a couple degrees, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's very valuable getting to a place where I think, you know, ruminating it has its own time and place, mm -hmm. but ultimately getting to a place where you're being constructive. Sure. Um, I think is, is super important. And mm -hmm. lastly, before we get into the rapid fire, I want to ask if there's, uh, you know, a couple, couple of people who are thinking about forming a partnership in writing or are early in a partnership and they, they came to you to asking for advice on how do we make it work? Like what, what's worked well for you two? What do you think is a quality that it would be nice to impart to somebody who's earlier in the process? Oh, that's great. You know, uh, um, one thing that you might uh, uh, that you might talk about, I think something uh, uh, even in this discussion that Gio and I did is we would go to a lot of shows together, like a lot of like comedy shows where we would watch shows and we would just talk about them after. And I think that's kind of one way that we we kind of kind of formulated a lot of our sensibility, and that kind of became the groundwork. So that's part of it. It's like yeah, just like like having those conversations uh, 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 together. 
Um, and I think the other thing, just like, you know, G and I are in an eight year relationship or something like that. I think it's being proactive rather than reactive whenever possible. Like, hey, like, you know, like, I, like, I, like when we get into a situation where blank, like let's try to blank, like, as opposed to like, you know, yeah, I think, I think that can be kind of helpful. Like communicating at, at, at the top is, is, is yeah, yeah, we're very, I think we're very good communicators. I think something's bugging us, you know, often not even that creatively, but just like in terms of our career, we're just like being very upfront about like, we're very meticulous. Like we really do like uh, um, turn over a conversation like a few times before like we go and talk to an agent or whatever right, it right. may be. Uh, we're, yeah, we're really uh, meticulous with that. And I think that like on top of what Nick said, not only creatively being on the same page, like really like make sure you're vibing about like what what you like. I think be vibing about like where you want to go with it. Uh, Cause you're like, uh, I think early on, Nick and I had good conversations about like, this is what we want to do. We eventually like want to stop teaching at UCB. Right. We did that almost in tan I think we did that pretty much together where it's like, hey, we're going to be taking this leap. We're like, we're not going to be making, uh, we should have said this at the top of the podcast. Neither of us come from money. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that every podcast should start that way. There's like yeah. someone should just ask that. Uh, uh, but like that was a, that was a really big uh, moment for both of us. Just like, hey, our main source of income, it, we're not going to have time for it in, in teaching if we're going to be taking that time away from that yeah. and be like writing, then like, you know, you're making a commitment. Totally. So, uh, just making sure you have those conversations because it, it right. can be a, a pretty big, pretty big decision. Yeah. I mean, we had to, and, and there were many levels of that, which is like, like, you know, we were writing during the day, but also, you know, both of us were making our money coaching uh, improv. So at one point we were like, okay, let, we're going to stop coaching from 10 to four. Like, you know, and that cut out, you know, I mean, I was, I was, I was, month to month, week to week, you know, and, and it was just like, for both of us were, were like that at that, at, at that time. So it was very much like, okay, fuck. Okay. We're just like, I'm going to just, we're just going to coach nights and like, or like way early morning weekend stuff. We're, so there was that. And then at a certain point, we're like, okay, we're going to stop teaching so that we can put all of our time into X, Y, Z. So yeah. And again, communication at all of those, those points. Yeah. I think just, it's always better to bring it up than not. That's awesome. This has been super illuminating in all parts of the process. Improv, relationships, <laughs> writing. It's been, it's been great. Um, so we'll just wrap up with a few rapid fire questions. Firstly, um, what's an app that you can't live without? Hmm. Nick, do you have one? Oh, uh, uh, I can live, I mean, I can live without all of them. Uh, like, what am I, what am yeah. I, what is one? I think that maybe I... that's the lesson <laughs> to learn, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying, I, I feel like I've, I've just had some like uh, uh um uh uh oh i'm just on this is one like that's been kind of an interesting I, i'm i just got on slack i'm trying to I'm, I'm dipping a toe and trying to help a little more in, in the community fridges aspect so i'm on, I, I just got slack for the first time and it's fascinating uh, uh yeah yeah so that's been that's been a, a fun one in particular one thing that just has been making me laugh is like people are just trying to track down someone's just been putting a lot of loose meat in <laughs> in the fridges and so there's just this like among a lot of very positive people, a also a detective story of people trying to. <laughs> That's the most noble use of Slack I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I just started using Slack as well. Uh, uh, we've been doing some 
uh, like volunteer work with Nithya Raman's campaign out in LA. And yeah, it, I, I was very nervous at first, like, yeah. because I, I think I felt the same way the first time I saw Reddit. Like the first time I saw Reddit, I just closed it. I was like, what the, uh, yeah. like the aesthetic <laughs> was giving me anxiety. Uh, um, and yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I like, can't live with that. The other thing I've been, I, I've been doing is just trying to like, uh, limit my time like on twitter like while twitter has been like a huge resource for learning more about local politics and like keeping up it can be kind of daunting you know I, oh yeah sure a lot of people feel this way and so i've been uh my, my girlfriend uh her parents gave us their, their new york times login and i've been doing this game called the spelling bee where you're just trying <laughs> to create words from like an anagram <laughs> And it, it, this little, if you get all the words, uh, this little bee pops up and calls you the queen bee. And I find that very <laughs> satisfying. <laughs> That's so much more productive and blissful on Twitter. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And um, who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? Oh, um, man. God, who? Amy Sandberg's son. Whoever that might be. <laughs> <laughs> this is decades from now. Andy Sanders. Andy Sanders. Right, right, right. Oh, yes, I like the son. idea that like this has to, yeah, because no one's going to watch it now. Yes, that's right. To happen. Like, right, right. 20, yeah, in 2045, uh, I'll say the um, conscience, uh, the like the like the uploaded consciousness of Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be an amazing, amazing film from both of those yeah. guys. <laughs> um, how funny would that be if Andy Samberg's kid and uh, Danny DeVito were in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> or the upload? Sorry, the uploaded consciousness of Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. And Andy I don't know Samberg's. what Vessel. I can't commit to what Vessel. Yeah. Honestly, the studios are being such fuckers about it. Like they can't get on the same page about what Vessel. <laughs> if you guys could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? Oh, I, I'm I'm trying to roller skate, and so I would love to I would love to be able to to shoot the duck. That's like one one leg out, and you're holding it. One leg squat. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I'm I w I would love to be able to draw, and I know that's probably somewhat attainable. Like if I took some courses, but like it sounds pretty nice just yeah. to wake up and be able to do it. Yeah. Like the I'm really I'm really bad at drawing. Like we used to play a game on road trips when I was younger where a friend would just write like uh you know like bicycle or something like at the top of a page and then hand it to me and I would earnestly try <laughs> to draw it as best as I could and then I'd hand it back and everyone would just laugh and that was the game <laughs> yeah I feel like you and so I I would, I would kill for that yeah you and I never rib each other I think we don't have that humor with each other but I'll say when I do see your drawings I do have to shit all over you <laughs> the one time yeah <laughs> and i didn't find the same the same on that side but yeah it is just it's it is a great qualifying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that should be its own improv is just giving geo a word and then just saying <laughs> what what what's drawn um two more two more questions um where is a place that you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit yeah um, i'm not very well traveled i i'd like to do more traveling hopefully within the next five years yeah. <laughs> whenever yeah i love to be able to uh, be allowed to uh, uh um at some point yeah i i, I think you know it, it, 
just like a, I think a classic Europe trip would be really fun. There's just yeah. like I I love going on tours. I'm a big tour guy. I love like even if it's like a college campus, I get like a lot out of just like looking and you know taking in history and whatnot. So I think Europe would be fun. Uh, um, yeah. What about you, Nick? Yeah, um, I was just you know before all this uh, happened. Uh, uh, my girlfriend and I have been talking about going to Taiwan. So uh, so that's still on the on the list. That would that would be fun. Oh, awesome. And then lastly, what's a song that you guys like to jam to right now? Oh, wow. Um, uh, uh, I am, let, let me, let me list. Uh, 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 um, I, I can answer. Go for it. Uh, I, uh, my most played song on Spotify is Linda Ronstadt and the Stone Ponies Different Drum. I, there's something about oh, this yes. song. I, I, I I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. It's a very famous song, but yeah, it's just like puts me in such a great mood. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit more of an oldies. Like I I don't Nick Nick is way more on top of mm -hmm. like new music and whatnot. Um, like I'll often be riding in the car with someone. I, I don't know a ton. Like music is a little bit of a blind spot, so I'll like be like, "Who is this? This is great." And they'll be like, "This is the Rolling Stones." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? are going to blow up. Uh, that's great. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, Toots Hibbert from Toots and the Maidles just died. Uh, so I got, we got to put it, uh, 5446 was my number, is, is going, is, has, been, has been on repeat. Awesome. Yeah, we have a Spotify playlist where we add our yeah, guest song rec. Great. So these are, these are your contributions awesome. to our playlist. Thank you for that. Oh, for dude, sure. great. Awesome. Well, yes. people are going to love this Linda Ronstadt. They're not going <laughs> to believe it. <laughs> and then uh, finally, where can people follow you on social media and check out your work? Yeah, you can find me uh, uh, just Nick Mondranok, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, mine's just A-G-O, which is so A-G-I-O-E. Perfect. And then if anyone's curious about the podcast, you can check us out on Instagram at hdydpod or online at hdydpod.com. Thank you so much, guys. This was so What a fun. blast. Great talking to you, Dude, Ben. Thanks so much. Yeah, see you, yeah, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Likewise. See ya. See ya.